There we are. Cool. Well, hello out there. Uh, Boo will join us shortly, uh, hopefully. Uh, but at the moment, it is I. Hello. Um, we'll see if Discord just kicks me out of the call uh, before Boo joins us. But um, welcome back to Table Talk Discussion and Discourse. I, as always, am your host, Alejo, a.k.a. GradeOn95. And uh, today, I'm... Well, we're, we're not going to have Aiden either, uh, unfortunately, um, because uh, he is a sleepy boy, a uh, working man, you know, doing his shit, and so he's got he's to gotta do that, you know, all that shit. Um, my chat disconnected. That's new. What happened? Hold on. There we go. Interesting. No, chat disconnected. Whoa. Well, isn't that interesting? Successfully connected. There we go. Something going on with YouTube right now that I don't know about? Um, very cool. Uh, hopefully this doesn't continue to happen. We shall see, though. Um, but anyway... Uh-oh, hey Slay. Yeah. Something's something's going on um with the with the chat. So um if we go down during the stream, um we're still gonna be going. It's just you know, depending on what what YouTube does, I guess. Um But anyway, uh I guess let me know via uh, Twitter or Discord if things go real bad. We'll see. But anyway, uh, so while we wait on Boo, I will start with comments. Um, so, uh, we, oh, before I get into comments though, um, yeah, there wasn't a episode last week as I was very fucking tired. Um, and so, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, dude. <laughs> Work, and also just the week, um, wasn't, wasn't feeling it. So, uh, that's our second, our second missed one for the year, but hopefully, uh, we won't miss another one. I don't know, though. We shall see. Um, so apologies for that if you were looking forward to it, but we are here today to get you, get, uh, get back on track. Um, anyway. So, going over comments, um, last week, we had uh, Sherman's Our Lemons comment on uh, 73, and he said, howdy, hey, how's it going, hope, hope you're doing well. Um, second, uh, we have Unirico says, <clears throat> yeah, the comments on the Theater of the Mind by the Dungeon Dudes were a bit odd. Uh, the only maps we're using in the Warhammer Fantasy RP I'm currently in are uh, region and world maps. All encounters have been purely in our minds, and I'm pretty sure all of them had some kind of versatility in them. Uh, the real big brain way that I now kind of want to try sometime, just to wait 
uh, just to see if it works well uh, to create 3D dungeons is to just use theme park tycoon games instead of drawing on paper. Excuse me, seriously. Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, Park Attack, and Planet Coaster have so many scenery bits at this point. You could probably make really nice looking set pieces and town layouts, etc. True? I mean, if you get any kind of um, 3D kind of program, I feel like you could do so. Um, even like tabletop sim, I know there's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of workshop things that people have done that have been maps. Um, you could kind of use those. Um, yeah, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just put the uh, just me up uh, for now. Hi. <laughs> um. But, yeah. Oh. Let me just let me just move up so that we don't. There we go. That's good enough. Um. And then I will make sure to look at this every now and again to make sure that uh, I don't miss when Boo is here. Anyway. So. Like I was saying. Um. There's that, there's, you could probably use, um, oh, there's a bunch of new programs that are coming out, um, Tailspire is a cool 3D virtual tabletop, yep, there's that, there's a bunch of 3D, uh, virtual tabletops now that you could use, I think, um, if you really want to, like, make something like that, um, there have been a bunch that I've seen for, through Kickstarter and such, like, it's, it's a neat, uh, thing. Uh, and if you really need those to, to make a 3D model, uh, in order to, if that helps you, then go for it, dude, you know? Anyway, uh, next up, uh, Lux. Lux says, uh, on last week, regarding the length of my posts, one of the main purposes of these comments, aside from contributing to discussion and discourse, <laughs> is to keep my own brain from becoming too smooth like a tiny, tiny marble from lack of exercise. Hopefully the effort has some positive effect. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I know my brain need it. So, um, anyway, the principle I follow with dungeon design is that any intelligent enemies living there are going to actively maintain its defense. Also, uh, sorry, one last thing. Let me just do the thing that I completely forgot to do, which was uh, post this on the Discord. Oh my god, I'm very good at this, uh, getting back into this, aren't I? Um, Uh, boom. Okay, cool. There we go. So, um, anyway, as was being said, uh, do, 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 do. principle I follow with dungeon designs that my that any intelligent enemies living there are going to actively maintain its defense. What that means is the front door is not left wide open for the party to stroll through. If they try to go in that way, they're going to have a fight on their hands against every intelligent enemy in the dungeon all at once. I assume you mean, like, concurrently in the sense of, um, the, like, they will continuously fight them like, it won't stop. Like, they'll just have, like, waves and waves of enemies. Because if you... 
obviously you're not going to throw like everything all at them immediately um Oh, okay. It might not be immediate. There you go. Uh, the enemies might let them get inside first so that they'll be easily surrounded. Maybe try to let them spring a few traps along the way to soften them up. Maybe send out a few skirmishers to test the party's strength and get them to use up some spells. Or leave a glass of water sitting in one of the hallways, I guess. But inevitably, when the party is at its most vulnerable, everything in the dungeon will come at them all at once. Hey, Draco Kraken, what's up? Um... But, uh, yeah, so obviously, yeah, if they, if, obviously you have to make it make sense. If you, if you do it in this, in the way of, like, they have a way that triggers that, like, maybe you describe something that they don't, um, they don't necessarily, like, see in the very beginning, um, like, let's say, um, they feel a bit of cobweb or something on their face as they go through the, um the 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 entryway of this let's say cave right um but they don't see any let's say that they like because i know i've had those phantom cobweb feelings before like on my face right um usually it's because there is a cobweb there but you could make it so that that's like your trigger in the sense of it becomes your like the alarm system for whatever lives in that cave um or uh you could do it as simply as there is an alarm spell there that they didn't know about um because it's the front door and it allows the people the uh the things that are allowed to go in without tripping it but anybody else who goes in the front door is going to like immediately be known you can obviously make it so that it works it's just um you have to I would say you have to make have it make sense that way that if somebody like thinks about it and then they go, well, how the fuck did they? And then you go, hmm, how did they? But you actually have an answer. Um, so if the party doesn't want that to happen, they'll hopefully find a, uh, try to find a way in that isn't the front door and doesn't cause them to be seen. Of course, just because the window isn't the front gate doesn't mean the party can clamber into it without being noticed. If there's a line of sight to one of the guards, that guard is going to get a spot check to notice them, of course. And if they're noticed, uh, basically the same thing as above is going to happen. The party might be able to capture a better defensive position or hold out from it, uh, to hold out from. Or if the PC keeps moving, the enemies might not be able to pin them down in one place and might even lose track of their exact position, though they'll keep searching for them at that point. And again, I would say... Um, as long as it makes sense, because they could potentially take out the guy before he's able to, by chance, like, you know, scream out or anything, or go and sound the alarm, or, you know, classic, classic kind of stealthy kind of stuff, right? Um, but as long as it, again, as long as it makes sense, you can do whatever. Uh, do. -do, -do. But if the party can slip in uh, inside unseen, the next step will be to deal with patrolling guards without making too much noise. They might have to kill a guard or two and hide the bodies in order to make a safe path for themselves. As soon as they've done that, it's only a matter of time before someone notices that those guards have gone missing, and the whole force starts trying to find out why. But if the PCs are quick, they might be able to do whatever they came to do and leave before they, they're discovered. Sure. 
Uh, this is not to say that the stealthy approach is objectively right. The party might be able to fight the entire dungeon at once and win. It won't necessarily be such a big dungeon that they have to avoid triggering the big fight. Or the party might be at high enough level to feasibly take on a fortress. Uh, or they might be able to make sufficient, uh, sufficiently effective use of diplomatic skills, charm spells, and roleplay to talk their way in and back out. Yeah, exactly. Um... Also, if the battle against all the enemies at once does get triggered and the party wins, then that's probably the battle the battle for the dungeon, unless there are still some stray non-intelligent monsters lurking about. Once it's clear that the party is winning, the enemies will rout and probably flee the dungeon completely, though some of them might retreat to an inner sanctum for a last stand if there's something in there that they desperately want to protect. Sure. Um, of course, this assumes the dungeon is actually occupied by intelligent creatures. If it's just something, uh, something like a ruin or a cave where some non-intelligent monsters live, then the, those monsters just behave however they naturally behave. And the main thing to think about is their role in the local ecosystem. Basically, what makes the dungeon an attractive place for those monsters to live in? How do they interact with each other and what do they eat? If the PCs disturb them, then... Uh, they're just going to react in whatever way their animal instincts direct them to. It's still possible for the party to encounter a group of intelligent enemies in a monster lair, though. That group doesn't live there. It just happens to be there on a mission, or it might be temporarily hiding there. Possibly hiding from the PCs. It's going to have to uh, deal with the monsters just like the party would, and might already be weakened from that effort. And it will still employ some form of active defense against the party. But it will probably be less advanced than their defense of their own base would be. Because they won't know the area as well. When the PCs are detected, the whole group is still most likely going to gather and fight them all at once. Unless there's something else that some portion of the group really needs to focus on doing instead. If that's the case, they might just try to keep the party away uh, instead of actively going after them. But if the party charges straight into them, then they, they'll all fight back either way. Message terminates abruptly at this point. Have a nice week. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's, that's all the way you can do it. Yeah, as long as it makes sense, do whatever. Do whatever you want. Um, Timothy Martin says, awesome episode. I really enjoyed it. Have a nice day. Smiley emoji. Thumbs up emoji. Thank you. Uh, have a nice day as well. Um, and then Lux commented on episode 45 when we looked at, uh, oh, the quitting Pathfinder video. That's right. What have we got here? God, it's been so long. That was episode 45. Shit. Um, I already commented on this topic and most of what I would have said was covered here, but now that I've made it up through this video, I do want to add one point that I don't remember being brought up, and that is Cody mis is misusing the term illusion of choice here. It wouldn't be such an issue to me if he had defined what he meant, but he didn't, so I'm left to assume that he's just ignorant. That's fair. Define your terms, people. Um, what he's saying here is that the system forces players to always make optimal choices or else TPK. Or maybe he's saying that the existence of optimal choices inherently makes every other possible choice incorrect. Even if either of those statements were true, which they aren't, that would not be an illusion of choice. Illusion of choice is when players are presented with a decision, but whichever option they choose leads to the same outcome. For example, there are two different towns the players could visit, but whichever one they go to, the same NPC will approach them and offer the same quest, but the players will never know this. They'll be left to assume that if they had gone to the other town, something completely different would have happened. And it's not great. 
It amounts to pretending that you designed a more complete, complete scenario than what you really did. But that's what illusion of choice actually is. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Um, in Pathfinder, even if one choice you could make was optimal and every other choice you could make was wrong, quote unquote, your choice would still matter. Any choice you would make uh, would produce a different result from the others. That's not an illusion. That's an actual choice. Yes. Uh, also, this was sort of touched on, but I will add that regardless of the system, if the PCs are always doing the same thing, it's because the DM is always doing the same thing. This could be the module's fault uh, more than the DM's, but it's not the fault of the system, and the DM always has the option of making adjustments. I wouldn't put the responsibility on players to arbitrarily use different abilities for the sake of variety. Uh, I will always say that the DM should provide enough variety in encounters, and the same tactics will not be optimal every single time. Yeah. I still think them playing Age of Ashes didn't help. Yeah, definitely. Like, th that's at least um, probably part of it, as far as I have been told. I should read that adventure sometime um, and just see. Or play through it. I don't know. But, yeah. Um... Don't always have every battle take place on a flat, open surface where the two sides just attack each other head-on. Don't have enemies always dutifully attack the player's frontline fighters and leave the casters free to safely stand in one place. If the players make tactical errors, punish them for it by exploiting them. Uh, by exploiting them. Uh, make sure players have to think about what they're doing and can never safely turn their brains off in a combat when the characters' lives are in danger. Honestly, for as much as Cody talks about combat, everything he said about it in the videos of his that you've covered makes you think he just treats it like some kind of weird ritual. <laughs> he doesn't treat it like a tactical challenge requiring advanced thought. To him, it's just a mechanically repetitive activity where the only thought involved is arbitrarily choosing some ability for the coolness factor and then describing in detail how the character performs it. So as flawed of a take as it is, I, really, I can't really say that I'm surprised that he would get bored with a system that he is convinced is all about combat. Yeah, and yet he really likes 5e, so I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, of course, I haven't picked up Pathfinder 2e yet, uh, but I would be willing to bet that uh, its guidelines for non-combat situations are more developed than 5e's. I could be wrong, but I'd be surprised. Um, that's all I have to say for now. We'll see if the video after this one inspires any further comment from me, but this might cover it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you got it. Basically, the, it's a, it's a stupid video. It was divisive, and I haven't had any interest in watching any of Cody's videos since. Like, really at all. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad to move encounters around if they are critical to an adventure and the players didn't know they were missing something they were invested in. No, I wouldn't say so. Um... It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely, like, if you do the illusion of choice thing, and again, it's not a wrong thing to do, you can do that, it's totally fine. I personally don't like it, just because that's not how the world works, you know? You're gonna miss things if you don't do something. Um, whether or not you know that, um, that's just how it is. Um, but it's, it is not a wrong thing, you are absolutely correct. Um... And it's totally fine if you want to do that. Especially if it's something critical. Like, if you need this to happen, then I guess go for it, you know? If there's no other way that you can get them to go to that thing, um, yeah, move it, sure. 
Um, one of the dungeons is super notoriously lethal. Fair enough, yeah. In Age of Ashes. Um, the only time I got to DM Path 2, I had a goblin PC make biting his primary attack. Players make optimal... Players making optimal choices is a lie. Fair. <laughs> um, hey, Pizza Funk, how's it going? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's It's one of those things where... I think, honestly, I think Lux hit it on the head when he said, um, he, he seems to have this thing where it's just something you go through, like, uh, combat is just something you go through, and, like, it's not anything that you should think about, it's just a thing that's there, um, again, even though he really likes 5e, um, and he doesn't complain about it like he does with Pathfinder 2e, even though the same thing could be said. Um, but, eh, whatever. <laughs> That's the thing. Every time I think about it, uh, I just go, eh, Cody. <laughs> he, he has his thing, and at this point, what am I gonna do that I haven't already said? That other people haven't already said either. Like, it's just, it's not worth it anymore. <laughs> I would love to see if there's any other takes that are, like, maybe a bit more in-depth that are good, like, to, that we haven't covered or that we hadn't said, but I don't know. He might have been overcorrecting. Very much could be the case. That's the thing. I have no idea. But remember, we didn't get it. No one really got it. So, um, don't worry about it, I guess. Because <laughs> he had to make an explanation video of which... <laughs> Anyway, it's it's all a thing. Um, so let's move on to today's topic. Um, I assume Boo just fell asleep and is sleeping, which is fine. I can I will carry on. Um, so today we are going to be talking about um, performing puzzles, as the title says. Um, that of course, being puzzle design and using puzzles in your games and all of that kind of stuff. And honestly, uh, this episode might be a little shorter. Um, we'll see. I personally, um, puzzles aren't easy for me. Um, I don't really think, and we talked about this with Juice before. We've talked about it in general before. Puzzles are a thing that we, if we implement them, we don't really come up with like solutions right because that's it feels very limiting at least for me um it feels limiting if this is the solution um perhaps you can make it so it's a solution that you could get to in many different ways i'm not saying you can't um better men and women than me could probably do that easily right like you could you could easily figure out a way for every puzzle decision to or sorry, your specific puzzle decision to be done in different ways. Um, and obviously, as we've said before, be flexible with your puzzles, right? Like if somebody um, decides that they want to uh, destroy the statue uh, that is a part of the puzzle, then you go, hey, whatever. Um, hey, Roid Rage. Yeah, they're a weak point for me as well. Also, hello all. <laughs> hey, this is me. Hi. Aiden's sleepy and Boo is still asleep, probably. Um, 
you know, it's cool. Uh, saying hey to everybody, everybody in the chat too. Um, but anyway, so it, it's definitely harder for me to do just because, like, I don't, I don't want to make that puzzle usually just because it's like the players themselves can usually create a puzzle by by just existing. I don't know. Um, the last time I did a quote-unquote puzzle, right, um, it wasn't a puzzle, and we've talked about this before, um, the, hey, miscellaneous, what's up, um, the usage of stuck doors, <laughs> when I use suck, stuck doors in a dungeon, uh, for the Age of Magic Fur campaign that we did for a while, um, they went into a dungeon, and I used uh, Donjon, if you don't know that. It's a, um, it's a free um, dungeon generator that uh, gives you a lot of different things. And I'd use that to make a layout, right? I didn't use it for too much other than the layout and then, like, a few trap placement ideas, right? Um... Yesterday I found a baby bird outside and now I'm taking care of it. Well, that's nice. I hope that baby bird is doing well. Um, but anyway, so in that dungeon uh, dungeon generation, it made a bunch of uh, stuck doors. Now, you don't hear about stuck doors. You hear about locked doors or trapped doors of some sort. So when... You know, uh, Boo would come up with his uh, artificer and go, I want to pick the lock. And I was like, okay, it's not locked. You, it is not locked, it is stuck. Then they go, oh, okay. Um, I guess I'll push on the door. And they were very weak, all of the party, even their fighter. Um... <laughs> they could not push these doors open very easily, and it was kind of funny just watching them flail for a bit, and then they burned down a door inside of a cave. So, you know, we, got, we they created this kind of puzzle for themselves of how to get past doors, um, just because I, I said they're stuck and not locked. Like, it's something that's so innocuous, you think about it, and it's like, oh, this will trip people up just because it's something they don't have to deal with much. And let me tell you, as someone who has a very stuck door, um, then they also found a stone door. That's true. They found a stone door in the beginning, um, in the very beginning, and they, um, they tried to get past it by breaking through the, there was a piece of wood on the other side, and they broke the piece of wood on the other side by just fucking pushing it, you know? Um... Rolls to pick a lock. It's not locked. Rolls a one. It's locked now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Want to confuse the hell out of a party? Make doors one-way doors. Ooh, that could be fun. Dude, that could be the puzzle, right? Um, you make it so that it is a, a bunch of one-way doors that have been magically enchanted to do that. So you have to follow a specific route. Um, and it's like a trial and error kind of thing for those that route and um or route whichever one you want um and so when they're going through um it obviously the wrong ways loop back around or maybe become dead ends that after you um clear the the room of its encounter or whatever you can go through uh back through 
Um, but then it becomes this little maze kind of thing of like, oh, where do we go? Um, that'd be super interesting. But anyway, um, so yeah, puzzles are a little a little difficult for me. So I'm excited to see uh, what we have in store because we're going to be covering two videos from two uh, creators that we have enjoyed in the past. Um, and I will bring them up now. First one is good old Seth Skorkowski. It has been a while, um, but uh, I want to see. This video is only like five minutes long. It's about puzzles, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So, let us begin. Hello, Internet. Seth Skorkowski. In today's GM Toolbox, I want to talk to you about puzzles. Now, I don't mean the puzzles of wit and stats that characters normally solve. I mean actual physical puzzles that you as the Game Master give to your players. Oh, interesting. I thought this was about in the... Huh. You know what? This is another way to do it. You, you get them into the game. You get them into the, into the actual um, dungeon. And they get to a point where they find an object. And you have actually created an object for them to solve. Now, it does make it so that this has a one-way solution um which is just however you design the puzzle though they could break it but you usually go hey guys i made a thing don't break it maybe um but this this relies on you uh having this specific thing available to you and like not a bad idea i i like the idea of i know there's um what was it black magic craft i think has a video on making like a puzzle statue that I still need to watch because it sounds really interesting to me and I kind of want to make a puzzle statue. Like stuff like that seems fun to me to do um, just because it's like an out of game. Like, hey guys, here, have this, you know, figure it out, go, right? Um, so it's just another way to do it and I like that idea. These puzzles represent in them that the characters find. But instead of relying on PC stats or roles in order to solve the problem, you require that the players actually solve the puzzle. The mm. doors slam shut behind you, locking you inside. Water begins pouring into the room, and the only keyhole you see is a strange star-shaped pattern on the back of the door. It matches this. Also, rabid piranha are pouring in, so chop-chop. There's a huge variety of puzzles out there for you to choose from, such as two keys that are needed to open a door, but they're interlocked. You can use puzzle boxes that contain a written clue or a command word or a folded up map. I used to have a great Japanese puzzle. Oh, hold on. Ah, Boo's here. Okay. Hello. Hello. All right. No, you're good. I set my alarm for 9, but I accidentally set it for 9.30. Fair oh. enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the stream. Hello. Hello. Um, we are watching uh, Seth Skorkowski video. Ooh. Um, he is currently talking about using um, like actual puzzles uh, mm -hmm. for your game. Yes, the physical puzzles. Yes. Yes. Which uh, I didn't even think about. You did, You what? Didn't I've never even thought about... Well, I've thought about, like, getting and, like, building my own puzzle, but he's also talking about using, like, the actual ones that you can mm -hmm. buy. 
Yes. Um, which I like that idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it adds some uh, obviously. Some stuff. Obviously, it's kind of harder to do nowadays. Um, yeah, because you know the plague. But... The plague. Yes. But yeah, uh, it is. It would be a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. Um, I Actually, was saying... you know what? Uh, I remember there's a there's a video on YouTube that sometimes shows up just when I'm just surfing. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who had a puzzle box made, and yeah. man, it's like fucking beautiful. Where about... it's like this, like a, uh, like just a normal square, and in the middle there's this drawn back bow and arrow that you can like spin around and has to point at a certain thing, which oh. lets you do this. And it's really cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, like I uh I was talking about I want to watch there's a video that I have like in my watch later like forever that I've just not watched ever. Um mm-hmm. that is uh Black Magic Crafts. Yes. Um and he made like a puzzle statue and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that seems really cool. Like I want a puzzle statue. That just sounds fun to have." Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah. So before we go too much further, um, anything about puzzles that you want to uh, say about things that you do with them? Uh, that I need to do more of them. Yeah, fair. And that uh, I'm not really uh, the best at them. Same and... exact thing that I said. <laughs> um, and that uh, I would like to do more. Uh, I would like to use ones where you use a physical puzzle where you mm. hand it to your players mm. but you know you know we've never played in the same room true so it's not something that could really work but i am designing puzzles for uh my call of cthulhu campaign so right. that's gonna be fun yeah no i'm excited so so um, i intend to use them just not uh physical ones and i don't think i'll ever really get away with doing physical ones I think the the only for us at least if we ever do um Cyberpunk um yes. that's one that I would be like hey guys you should download this uh little hash you know de-encryption mm-hmm. thing right nice and then mm-hmm. like do something with that to like yeah. try to get you to find the the code you need to un- decrypt something right yeah um, that'd be cool yeah, I feel like that would be something that would work for us in that kind of respect for a physical quote unquote puzzle. Yeah. Um, quick guys, we need to go quick. We need to hack into this corporation supercomputer and then it's like download this app and Sudoku and I'm like, fuck, I hate Sudoku. <laughs> 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 fuck. I can't play Sudoku. Shit. Um Uh The Rabid Piranha thing reminded me of a puzzle room I had the revived uh plays at the sanity cost to perfect health Wait, what the uh, rabid piranha thing so he was me. talking about uh, unless you haven't reached it in the video uh that oh part, that was the that was the little uh the little the vignette thing yeah skit yeah. yeah yeah that's right gotcha um puzzle room i had uh the revive plays at the sanity cost to perfect to perfect health that i don't get um, yeah, that I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I hinted at that by having a guy in the room. I hinted at that by having a guy in the room who had went insane eating himself. Okay. Oh. Reminded oh, me of the puzzle room. I see. I see. Revive oh, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I. 
<laughs> like I said before, the only puzzle that I've done is, uh, is stuck doors. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys made it a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a puzzle and the solution was fire. It was fire in a, <laughs> in a cave. Um, uh, avoid the bombs, open up Minesweeper. True. Oh. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway box that I used for one of these, but an incident involving a top shelf, a tile floor, and gravity prevented me from ever showing that to you on a video. Game masters will need to give some thought to which puzzle they use. There's a natural worry that the puzzle might be too easy for the players to solve, so a game master compensates by choosing a more difficult puzzle. However, this can easily backfire by getting something that's too difficult for your players to actually solve, yeah. which leads to player frustration and GM disappointment. Obviously, this is like, know your players, you know? Yeah, and... And know that uh, no matter what puzzle you get, no matter how easy you get it, your players will make it ten times more difficult for themselves. True. <laughs> um, That's the thing. If you ever design it, it like, obviously if you hand them, like, a little four-piece puzzle, that's yeah. going to be super fucking easy. But when you're designing something that they have to imagine, make it fucking easy. <laughs> because I have made that mistake before. Yeah. where I made a puzzle that I thought was intuitive, but wasn't at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, it perfectly revived them at the sanity cost and killed them every time they got answers wrong. Gotcha. Okay. Oh. So they were, like, constantly going in and out of sanity. Or, sorry, they would go insane if they died too much. So they would mm -hmm. get revived and shit. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those things of less is more sometimes, like, <laughs> because, because brains sometimes don't link up. There's a, there's a game, um, there's a, there's a board game or just a, I don't know if it's technical, well, it's, it's a card game, I guess, that is, uh, I think it has a board, but it's called, uh, Code Names. And okay. you are paired up with somebody, and the point of the game is to try to... You have the handler and the, like, operator or whatever. I don't know. And the the handler uh, is, like... Says a word that's associated with certain words on this, um, this board. And uh -huh. there are, like, seven or eight words that uh, they have to guess in oh, order Jesus. to win right so uh -huh. you then have to make associations like word associations and yeah. like say there's the words are um vegas money and um dice or something dice sure and then uh you you say casino to your to your you know the other person and yeah, so they well, would like then gambling go, or something yeah and so you go either gambling or casino and then three and then they have to see if they can figure out the three words that are associated. Oh, my um, God. And it's it's really fun, honestly. Like, I've played yeah. it a couple of times. It's really fun because then you get, like, you try to figure out how to how to really connect with that other person to actually get them to know what you're yeah. thinking. 
Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's like playing charades, but with less, but with more speaking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you get that one word, and then it's like the other team gets to do it, and something you can pick the words that the other team has, and then it turns back. You know, it's like nice. it's, and there's like one that's like a uh an instant lose one so like you gotta try to not get that one it's it's a good it's a fun game honestly nice but anyway so i was just thinking like um that's just you know yeah you try to not do not try to not do stuff like that in a right rpg puzzle right it's just make it simple because it because it makes it so it's like you when you have that association thing somebody's gonna have a completely different association than you will right the thumb is that you as the game master can take this puzzle having never read the instructions and you can solve it in five minutes or less it's probably a pretty good puzzle box to use If it takes longer, it could stall your game and take the focus away from the game, from being the adventure at hand, to being about a physical prop that was supposed to be intended to enhance the adventure. Mm-hmm. There's also combination boxes, such as this one from the Da Vinci Code. The GM can set whatever five-letter password they want, so you could give them this puzzle in one game and then let the characters carry it around for a while trying to figure out the riddle that is the word that they need to unlock the True. map or leads to them to the next adventure. I, I like the idea, not just with physical puzzles, but with puzzles in general, that you give them maybe not everything they need to solve it immediately. Yes. Right? Because then it yeah, becomes he goes into that actually thing. a bit more. I oh, have okay, seen this cool. video, I want to say, like three times. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> because, wow. like, honestly, a lot of times I just use his videos as background noise sometimes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because gotcha. it's just, it's good shit. Yeah, no, um, it's true. Uh, but yeah, he does go into that okay. where, you know, you, you know, you give him one piece of a puzzle and then you you know over the course of the adventure you're finding more pieces and yeah stuff. yeah yeah okay cool yeah okay well my character is just going to spend his night on watch doing every combination that he can do until he figures this guy out ah the old sage tells you the device is magical you see and any incorrect answer that's attempted will detonate a fireball on the person that attempted it one idea with physical <laughs> puzzles is to set a time limit so then is after five then you're like you hand up to the goblin it's like hey <laughs> you know i'll make a deal if you're smarter than me surely you can open this <laughs> and then they get blown the fuck up All right <laughs> oh here you go <laughs> That'd be great. Actually, yeah, having it, that's a little dangerous, because then it's just like, oh, hey, bandit, what's up? Here, no, have it. No, it's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> because whatever. Of, because that's something that you established that now. It's like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be careful with it, what you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pizza Funk says, D&D Saw campaign. <laughs> you yeah. could. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Like, set it in water deep. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Five minutes, the monster's going to go ahead and attack. Or, after ten minutes, we're just going to move on as if you had solved the puzzle. Though I do recommend that you give the players some sort of incentive for them to go ahead and solve the puzzle before the clock runs out. True, yeah. Dude, I can't get this thing. I give up. Are you sure you still have two minutes left? Yeah, I came to play and not solve all these stupid puzzles. Okay. Give it here. I'm, I'm sorry this didn't work out the way I'd hoped it to, but, you know, we're just going to go ahead and move on. Okay. 
So, uh, inside, you find the section of the map that you needed, so we'll go on with that. Also, uh, we find an inspiration token and 1,000 experience points that are awarded to the person that opened it. Who gets those? Well, I do. I'm the one that opened it. Well, we still have two minutes. Can I try <laughs> it again? Not anymore, but maybe next time. One thing that is... <laughs> okay. So, so I, yeah. I, I like that idea of having the incentive. Um, yes. Obviously, I don't like the idea of inspiration. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you know, like, in this instance, there's not really much else you can do. Right, you know? right, right. Like, I Or, get... you know, it could be, like, well, I mean, I guess that's what inspiration is. Never mind. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, in in the case of it being for, let's say, uh, a campaign that's using Milestone, you got to figure out a different way um, yeah. to, to reward them. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's... um. I, I I do think that it's a very good thing to say. Like, if it doesn't work, just move on. Just like yes. you don't you don't want them to just be fucking banging their head against the wall for a while, and yes. then like fucking regretting or resenting it. You know. Now, one of the things that I like about uh, Call of Cthulhu and mm. how uh, that system uh, works is obviously in Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it's a good idea to have some puzzles in there because you're sure. an investigative game, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, something that we did wrong or that I did wrong when we played Call of Cthulhu is that mm -hmm. if you um, if you have an area where the players get stuck, uh, basically no matter no matter where, uh, if you are stuck and like you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm the investigation has stalled um, or you are in a, a puzzle that has stumped everybody completely. Mm -hmm. What happens then is the players can ask for an idea role. Oh, and the idea role is basically it's equal to the person who asks for its intelligence. Gotcha. So you roll your idea role. If you make it, you figure out what you need to do and it continues. Gotcha. But if you fail the idea role, you still get the information that you need. Mm. However, it comes with a negative connotation. So ah, okay. the example that they give in the book is um, you are investigating a cult and uh, the investigation stalls. Mm -hmm. They roll their idea roll and they make the idea roll and they remember seeing um uh, culty books and people uh going in and out of a local bookstore they okay. they like case the place and it turns out that it is a front for some cultists in town sure and the example where they fail is the investigation is stalled they roll their idea roll they fail and then three weeks later you know they've been in the uh timeline of the game three mm -hmm. weeks later they're banging their head against the wall and then they remember that they might have heard a rumor or two about the bookstore they go mm -hmm. in and they start browsing but the cultists were already on to them and mm. you hear the door close like the the front door close the little bell thing you mm -hmm. turn your head and you see the guy the owner closing the door and turning the closed sign to face outward and right, you see yeah. people approaching you with daggers gotcha gotcha so either way you get the information mm -hmm. and so what happened when we ran it was i did not realize that if you fail it you get the information 
Mm, so gotcha. that okay. is an uh, that is an excellent way to have even somewhat difficult puzzles in Call of Cthulhu because of the idea role. It is meant to push the game forward regardless of a success or a failure. Yeah, and I I like that idea just because it's like it it even with the the failing you still succeed but with the connotation right like it's the negative connotation of like yes. oh no um and you can do that in anything i think like if yeah, if much. they're if they're getting stumped in say D&D or in your pathfinder game or something you can do the intelligence role and if they fail it then you can still have it be something that occurs later or has it um do done in such a way that maybe whatever it is they do isn't going to be as efficient um so it it breaks somewhat but they still get what they need you know mm-hmm. like i like like with the puzzle box thing here um instead of them getting you know everything they could get they just get the vital thing right yes exactly um yeah no i i, I like that i like that mm-hmm always a possibility is that your players are going to try to outsmart you by rejecting the intent and the spirit of what the puzzle is trying to do by trying to solve the problem in game such as my thief picks the lock or my wizard uses magic to open up the puzzle or my personal favorite well this thing is going to be no problem for my plus three hammer of smashing GMs can work around this by having a few ideas in place before you actually give it to the players, such as immunities to thieves' skills, impervious to magic, or just impervious to damage. The bard warns you that this actually isn't a box, but really just a portal that accesses a pocket dimension, and the contents are only accessible by opening the box. Breaking it won't do any good at all and might even cause a rift that will suck you and your plus three hammer into the void. My personal. But what if I want to go in there? Yeah, <laughs> let me in. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that comes down really to one. Yes, being that kind of, being the kind of DM who is basically saying, "No, fuck you. You have to try to. You have to at least try to solve right, it this right, way." Right, right. And two, um, being able to think that well, if this is an important puzzle that hides an important thing, the person who designed it would have put in some fail safes. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's as simple as that. Yeah, because you know it's a it's a puzzle that holds a piece of a map that leads to a dragon's treasure, mm-hmm. and the person who put it in there wants to keep it to themselves. So you know they'll make it so you can't just smash it open. Right. Open. Exactly. My favorite is just a bonus to whichever player actually solves the puzzle. So you can say, sure, yeah, you can roll your thief skills to do it, but you won't get that sweet bonus if you don't do it yourself. Yeah. That can change the table's mood from, let's try to get around this, to give it to me, I want to be the one that solves it and gets the bonus. Now, mileage may vary depending on which puzzle you get or the specific dynamic of your personal group. This isn't for everyone, and I recommend that you don't use it too often out of risk of overusing it. Mm. However, if you are wanting to try something a little bit new, a little bit fun to spice up your game, I recommend that you go out there and look through some puzzles and find one that you want to work into your game. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please give it a like. Okay. Yeah. I know. Good ideas. Good ideas. It's all good shit. As usual, Seth. As usual. (laughs) (laughs) Never have an issue, usually. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time that we did. I think we had, like, a couple of contentions every now and again. Yeah. But it wasn't anything that was, like, major. You know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that's that. Um, let's move on.
to the next video. Um, by so the who's, way... Who's oh. on the chopping block now? Well, it's uh, Quest Givers. Um, I don't know who that is. That's the, the two guys who uh, we liked a lot when they were talking about... Um, I think using different systems in your game, like using oh, okay. other things from different systems. Um, let me pull this up real quick. There we go. Um, but yeah, so, um, we'll see how this goes. Um, and then it might even be the end of the episode by the time we're done with this. Cause, um, don't have too much more on puzzles. Cause puzzles are like, there are several puzzle videos out there. But then, yeah. like, the other ones are, like, guy saying something for 30 minutes on puzzles. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, we've done a lot of guy usually, like, for, yeah. for a little bit here. Let's do a couple other things. And also, this is puzzles. It's not too difficult to, like, get to the point of, like, yeah, let's yeah. do just do what you want. And, like, well, you know, maybe we'll get some ideas out there. If you want to do some more puzzle research, um, if you want us to cover some other puzzle videos later, uh, let us know. But... At this point, there's not too much that I think is going to be different, really. Yeah, be because most of the time with a puzzle, it's mm -hmm. very, you know, there's no point in us telling you, you should do this puzzle. Oh, you know God, what I mean? No. Yeah, no, Because make your own puzzle. You yeah. have to make sure that it works. It has to be intuitive and all that. This yeah. is really the stuff. What these videos are going to be good at telling you is the stuff to do in relation to the effect the puzzle will have on your players. Right, exactly. Yo, this is Alejo, and you're listening to Table Talk, Discussion and Discourse. Um, so there's actually not really a whole ton to say other than right. puzzles are cool, and make sure they work. And I, def <laughs> I definitely wanted us to, like, touch on it and just see, like... You know, if there's anything else that we that we could maybe learn a bit, I don't know. Um, yeah. If there's anything like out there that's like super egregious or something, let us know. Because I don't, I don't doubt that someone's out there going, "You should always do puzzles this way," yeah, right? Okay. Which, yeah, right. I feel like, <laughs> um, but then it would be like or RPG funded, <laughs> right? Um, but that would just be immediately like, no, you. You don't need to. You can do a puzzle however you want. Like, <laughs> it's so easy to just say, no, what, what do you mean? Um, yeah. But anyway, so this is Quest Givers. Um, this is Puzzle and RPGs, D&D uh, &D puzzles, and how to run them DM tips. So yes. we'll see uh, how this goes. I think if we, uh, next time, I think, mm -hmm. have we done traps before? Um, I don't know if we've done specifically traps. No. I think we should do traps at some point because sure. I have issues with traps. Okay. Not not that I don't like them. I'm just bad at running them, and yeah, I don't. No, 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 I guess you're like good. I could honestly use some tips. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we could go for some trap design tips and such. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have a question. <clears throat> says Pizza Funk. If the player in real life is really good at puzzles, but he is playing a character who be really bad at them, does it still count? Like, should the solved puzzle be in character? Ooh. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Well, question. I. I think since he was going on about uh, try to do it without using the character skills, it might actually be out of character. But I think if you have a player who is super good at puzzles, I think you would want to have an agree – like you would want to ask your players. Like do we mm – -hmm. because obviously if someone's super good at puzzles, you don't want to just – immediately hand it to the person who would have no mm -hmm. trouble with it ask the other players like 
Uh, so we all know that uh, Jake, you know, we mm. all know that Jake is really, really good at puzzles. Would you guys like to try first? <laughs> Just mm. in case. <laughs> you know, I, I it'd think, basically be that. Yeah, I think um, usually with the physical puzzle thing, I would say it's a group effort, you know? Yeah. Um, so we we make it as a thing that the group can do and try. Um just to make it so that everybody maybe has a say or if those who don't really, you know, jive with the puzzle, they're just like, you know, quietly observing or something, you know, letting mm -hmm. other people do what they want to do with it. It's yeah. it's definitely one of those things, again, like know your know your group and, you know, which ones are going to take charge and which ones are going to be more passive. Um, Actually, now that now that we're talking about this, uh, I, I just remembered. Mm -hmm. You remember when we played Shadowrun for a couple sessions? Yeah. Um, uh, and you remember how, uh, actually, I don't think you guys ever got to it, but there was a point at which you guys were going to break into like a weapons development, uh, facility and you were going right. to find some files that were encrypted, excuse me. And you're going to bring them back to your guy, mm -hmm. your handler or whatever his name mm -hmm. was. I don't remember, really remember. But, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah you were going to bring the files back, and he's like, well, these are encrypted. Um, if you want, I could go ahead and decrypt these for you. It'll take me a little bit of time, but... Uh, and I remember specifically say, uh, like, I was specifically going to say this. Uh, I could handle this for you, but I imagine that if you did it yourselves, it would be... <laughs> a great experience! <laughs> 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 so like you could give it to yeah, the guy sure. and he would be able to handle it just fine and it would take a little bit more time. But mm -hmm. if you guys went through the story and you found like the keys to the encryption, yeah, you know, yeah. you would, you know, you'd gain a bunch of experience for right. it. You know what sense. I mean? Makes sense. So I, I just thought that that would be kind of funny. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a way to do it. Absolutely. Make it so yeah. that there's the option of if you guys don't want to even try, like we could yeah. just have it be a thing you get later easily exactly um yeah no that's a that's a good way nice burps <laughs> <laughs> um you did say experience can be an incentive that's true so yes. um yeah with the i feel like this is the thing with experience yeah. <laughs> because I we never issues. really we never really run experience we always do uh milestones. milestone so for us it doesn't really work as well yeah and I... we also don't like uh inspiration right so but, i so... have i have occasionally had moments where mm -hmm. i have wanted to give inspiration out however sure. it's been very very rare right exactly. uh, it's very rare that these motherfuckers impress me um <laughs> <laughs> but true <laughs> but uh occasionally i do actually kind of want to give experience out but yeah i mean uh inspiration out but we just don't follow that system so yeah yeah, yeah. and so like, if you wanted to have a puzzle where it got additional shit for us it would be kind of difficult because it's like you could be treasured but you opened it so you should get it no matter what, but you didn't mm -hmm. do it as a player, so you don't mm -hmm. get it, you know. Yeah, eh, it's weird. You know. Um, I, I mean, I guess how you could do it is if you had that puzzle and you had someone not open it, you could say, well, if you had opened it, you would have found this, but since you didn't open it, it's just not in there. It could be sure. as simple as that. Yeah, easily. Like It's, it's basically Schrodinger's puzzle box legitimately <laughs> yeah actually 
Um, anyway, sorry. I didn't for mean to something, keep you off. No, you're good. You're good. Um, for something like 5e, um, the, the issue is it is not... So, like, experience isn't something that I like because it can make it so there is a balanced discrepancy between mm. players, right? Yes. Where you have one player that can be level 6 while the other ones are level 4. Um, de just depending. And, like, it's not something... Like, as long as you, you know, are good about it, you can get that fine and you can you can deal with it. And, like, if you can, great, good. I, I'm happy for you. I don't want to deal with that, right? Yes. Because um, <laughs> we're lazy. <laughs> I, well, I just don't... I just don't like experience. I don't know, dude. It's just... Yeah. Like, have you seen the amounts that you have to get to... Yes. To, yeah it sucks oh yeah i have oh, it sucks no i like the i like i way more like the idea of you go through the arc and then you level up right mm -hmm. like that just feels better to me because you've all gone through an experience yeah. <laughs> together right um but anyway so with the in real life kind of thing having that experience thing be the incentive um Especially with your your idea of it being a character that isn't great at a like isn't great at puzzles, right? Mm -hmm. Like that wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for them to maybe figure it out. I feel like at that point, you make it so that if they do it, um, it it becomes a group kind of thing, like in the sense of whatever experience bonus you give if you're using that, it goes to everyone. I don't know about inspiration in that case. Um, yeah. Inspiration... Eh, it wouldn't work. because It wouldn't really work. Would, yeah. Um, but, um... Well, unless you wanted to give out an inspiration to the entire group that anybody could use. Okay, yeah, you could try to do that, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, there's... There's definitely... Oh, my, my chat disconnected. What is going on, YouTube? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... I don't know. It's it's definitely a it's it's a weird thing and how however I guess what I would do is just have it be that group thing. That's really just it for me. Um in the sense of if I'm going to do a physical puzzle. If I'm going to do an in-game puzzle, probably the person who doesn't have the like good puzzle character isn't going to figure it out, right? Yeah, unless um, they unless you want to roll like a d100 or something but sure. then yeah what the hell is the point of doing right. the puzzle physically exactly. you know um my favorite part of experience is the level discrepancy between players reflecting different uh differential growth of the characters that's fair that's yeah. that's absolutely fair um i just i like the idea of the party continue like the the way that you show different growth in something that doesn't use experience i would say is just how the the characters themselves develop right um you give them different experiences during this journey and it really just changes how they view the world right um it becomes something like uh and they can even role play through some of the these different experiences um like how they trained in order to get to this level or you know like how uh they they themselves have found the situations that they've gone through and how it has changed their outlook on uh, whatever it is they're facing. Um, say, 
they have gone through a bunch of undead in this current arc. Maybe they've developed a, a hatred for it. Maybe they've developed a fascination for it. Like, mm. however, however it develops, um, it can be something that, that shows the growth of the characters more than just the power, you know? Mm. Um, and the, th I th the th oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I, I just think that the, um, the power context is is something that is so mechanical, right? Mm. Like it it is something that is outside of the the world itself in a way. Like sure there is the obvious like the paladin is more devoted to its to his god and hey, he's more powerful because of it and the god favors him more because of it and all that shit. Sure. Mm. Um your paladin's also doing shit tons of bogo bucks damage. Like, man, oh man, it's crazy. The paladin is one-shotting everything. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it makes it so it's weird for balance, and it makes me feel like it's weird for the interaction, because then it becomes like, you're going to see this character do these fights way more, and succeed mm -hmm. way more and that's when you start doing fucking pokemon shit where you start swapping in and out of combat sure yeah <laughs> so you so the fucking wizard runs up smacks a guy and then runs away and then the paladin's <laughs> like i got you <laughs> and then you know slaps right. them on the ass as they go and then beheads whatever they just hit right you know? <laughs> and i guess i guess my thing is just more that experience is is done shittily in D, &D. like yes <laughs> like that's that's, the that's thing. my main complaint it's yeah. not like if if it was done in a way that's I think is better, then um I wouldn't have as much of a problem I think with that discrepancy because I would feel like it would be easier for them to catch up or anything or they could yeah. do something else that like maybe gets them to that point. Yeah, where um, it's like if you if you are what they need to do uh going forward is I think they should keep the challenge rating system but add in monster levels that don't have any bearing on their actual strength but sure. have a bearing on how much XP they give. Mm. So if you are like a level 1 and you kill a level 3 monster, you'll get more experience than the level 3 that just killed the level 3 monster. So that sure. way they can close that gap a little bit. Oh, I see what you mean. Sure. I yeah. would like that. Okay. Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting implementation. Yeah. Yeah. So that um, way you can have uh characters that are going around fighting higher level monsters and it's riskier, but the mm. reward is higher. Yeah. At yeah, least in yeah. terms of XP. Okay. Um and I see the thing is I actually like XP mm -hmm. and I like ha the potential of having the discrepancy between mm -hmm. levels, but one, I'm not – you've noticed it in Devils and Dice. I'm very bad at balancing combat, <laughs> even when everybody's the same level. I'm mm. really bad at combat, and I apologize, but it's nah, just my weakest point. Yeah. Two, I don't want to have to keep track of all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't want to have to keep track of it. I don't want to keep track of how much everything – like all the XP and, ex and encounter – is worth and mm. how much it would be worth if you mm. skipped the encounter is it worth more is it worth less mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know do you do i you know what i mean it's just yeah. it's just another level yeah that's hard thing you gotta, so you gotta no i don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> um uh obviously then says i meant growth directly in power context not worldview or character development and fair enough yeah so i like that's the thing um you're obviously you you can see that we aren't as into that Right, like we're we're definitely more into the idea of like yes, power growth is part of it, but the character development is more our forte. Yes. You know, 
Like we we enjoy that narrative side way more than the combat side and like, even though we just, play Warhammer. <laughs> even though well that's the thing. I I love that I love that aspect because it's purely that, right? Yes. Um even though you can technically make a story out of it and shit. Like yeah. it'd be really fun to do narrative. And you actually can point. gain boons and banes as a result of yes, your wins exactly. and losses. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. I would like that too, but with something like Warhammer, it is completely devoted to like it is that combat entirely yes. right yes. whereas D, i like that role play role play is just fun um and more fun for me when i can use this shit that i've gotten in weird ways to help me that isn't necessarily combat exactly right? that's how we always do shit yeah exactly i mean so. hell i don't know i don't know if it's weird but like whenever we play a campaign whenever i've been able to play mm. if we this doesn't even happen like if i'm making like like, it doesn't even have to be, like, a survival-type character. If we ever fight anything poisonous, I always try to harvest the poison glands. Every that's time. That's true, you do. Every fucking time. <laughs> I don't know if that's weird or what. I've no, never seen any of sense. you guys do it. Yeah, it makes <laughs> but sense. But, like, if we ever fight spiders or centipedes or a scorpion or, mm -hmm. I don't know, a rep, like, a basilisk or something mm -hmm. like that. That's not a basilisk. It would be way too badass. But, yeah. um... I always try to harvest it. Usually I fail, but <laughs> <laughs> like it's just I just see it as a way to do a little bit of extra damage in the future, sure. you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah, something to sell because yeah. maybe somebody wants venom for something. Yeah, could be. Yeah. So I anyway. usually try to power up my character in ways that aren't just that's purely from role play. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, becomes sorry. something out of the thing. No, you're good. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Puzzles. We talked about experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. I mean, we got two pretty short videos. So. It happens all the time. Anyway, yeah. so let us begin. You look puzzled. Come on in the quest giver's lair and we'll solve it for you. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, no, they're not. Nice. If you're looking for adventure, grab the modules each month to support That's right, the channel the and play the campaign cool. oh, with your gaming. Oh, they make a module uh, every month? Holy shit. Yeah, apparently. Um, That's an ugly I get that. giant over there. Amish <laughs> <laughs> says, I get that, but I like the sort of superhero movie trope where the uh, strong character like Hulk or Thor just charge into battle, but Daredevil or Hawkeye need to use tactics such equipment like boots, poison. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. absolutely fair. If you enjoy that, you enjoy that. Absolutely. Yeah. I Like, there is something to be said about that cinematic kind of thing where it yeah. is, like, your tank goes in and he's really strong and then you got your, your weaker characters behind you that are, like, doing support shit and then, you know, all that kind of the, stuff. The only issue that I have with that is that in a movie or a comic book like the Avengers and uh, and the Avengers. Uh, yeah, nice. Where, you know, you have your tank character going forward and then you have people like Hawkeye hanging mm -hmm. back. And don't worry, that's awesome. I love I yeah. love both Hawkeye and the Hulk. Oh, the Hulk is like my favorite superhero. Oh. But um, the problem is that, unfortunately, it doesn't tend to work all that well in D&D. &D. Yeah. Or uh, role-playing games because the DM wants to challenge the whole party. And so yeah. if you have this invincible tank going forward and then you have a sniper, someone's going to get ganged up on. Someone's going to yeah. get attacked by someone and then they're going to be out of their depth. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll have well, the Hulk get attacked by like 
20 dudes because that's the only way to challenge him. Right. And then you'll have the sniper have someone, you know, sneak up on them. And now they're alone because we're trying to challenge the whole party. We're trying to make it exciting. Right. And then when you throw in the random factor of dice, then, then you, you, you run have... the risk of wind up getting killed. And yeah. that's bad because we you don't have... want to do that. <laughs> no, I don't want to kill him. Um, you Not to mention, we we try to balance it so that, that there's something to do for everybody because mm -hmm. we don't want Hawkeye to be up there just saying, I fire an arrow, okay, right. I fire another arrow, right. I fire an arrow, because he's in perfect safety as a sniper normally would be. And yeah. in a movie, that's fine because the story is he's supposed to do that. But yes, in yes. D&D that's usually not how it goes unfortunately yeah. but don't worry i do i do see where you're coming from and i do love that yeah maybe they have rules in superhero systems because i know there's a lot of systems where you can play True. superhero characters and maybe they have systems for that but in D, &D it doesn't tend to work all yeah. that well I, I i wish there was a way to and like i guess what you could do is depower the things that are around the person that's lower level to True. make it so that it's more of a challenge for them and less of a challenge but that's the thing then you got the other ones coming to their aid who just immediately dispatch them right yeah, but i like, mean it, that's that can be okay though you know it can be then, it can be yeah because then you have the situation where it's like oh it's dangerous for me because i'm the squishy sniper and then the yeah. the captain america comes up it's like don't worry i'm a fucking fast mobile tank uh ranger guy who throws yeah. shit and then he beats the shit out of them it's like hey thanks captain that's america's ass salute right. <laughs> salutes <Slaps laughs> and then ass. he fucking Very runs good. off yeah um <laughs> yeah no absolutely like it, it it's definitely it's definitely one of those things that um you you can do and you can get better at as you kind of like have more experience with the system and like absolutely. all that kind of stuff and if you want to do that absolutely go for it yeah do it because i want to see it because <laughs> honestly like if you're if you can do something better than any any of us can fucking go for it yeah do it <laughs> i Shit. will never tell you not to do not to try something uh go go fucking for it if if it works for you it works for you yes unless you're rpg pundit or garibay anyway group <laughs> you're <laughs> To get hooked on adventure. This video is brought to you by our sponsor. Okay. You, the oh God, there's a lot of fucking intro. RPG products on questgivers.com. You know what? It's it's their it's their hustle. They're doing it with their own self-promoting and stuff. I'll, it's true. I, I allow it. It's cool. Yes. These are new and veteran players alike. This helps put together this free content on YouTube for everyone to subscribe to, Especially learn that. from, and enjoy. We and our viewers truly appreciate your contribution. All right, guys, we're going to talk about two puzzles. First is organic, and the next is mechanical. All right, okay. so let's talk about the organic puzzles. The organic puzzles are funny because players don't realize that they're actually solving these all the time. You know what I'm saying? So if they're you know finding a monster that needs a special thing to defeat that's a puzzle you're figuring ah, it out enough. if there's a bridge that's you know across a chasm that's broken and you got to figure out a way to get across maybe there's a ballista with a rope that you can shoot across and you know shimmy across that's figuring out a puzzle that's an organic puzzle that happens all the time in the game and the yeah honestly you can puzzle is very loose Yes. It's very loose in its definition because literally you can classify most things in D&D &D as a puzzle. 
I have yeah. to find the information to get to the king in order to tell him, or in order to tell him about the incoming dragon attack. Uh, that's a puzzle. I gotta go find that information. Where do I get it? Oh, I gotta go find this Yeah, guy. right. Like, so, like, it is, it is have... technically a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, I have only a slight issue with it because you're because the thing is, I feel like something's not really a puzzle unless you design it with the express intention of making it a puzzle. If someone chooses to think of something as a puzzle, then fine. Yeah, but sure. For example, like if I fuck, I don't know. If I if I make if I send you on a on a mountain trip and there's a bo broken bridge, I'm not trying to make it a puzzle. I just want to see how you deal with that. Mm -hmm, I want mm -hmm. to see how you deal with an obstacle. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, okay, yeah, it, you know what? Here, even more so. Here's another one. Say you guys are traveling through the forest, mm -hmm. and you guys have a horse and buggy, and there's a tree that's fallen over the road. That's not a puzzle. Technically, I just no, want to see. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, to me, that's not a puzzle. I just want to see how you deal with this very, very benign, or not, uh, but yeah, benign obstacle. Mm -hmm. I don't, I do not personally see that as a puzzle. When yeah. I think of puzzles, I think of ones that are both sequential discovery and ones that actually require some thought to overcome. Yeah, you know? I, I understand, yeah. And not mm -hmm. just, eh, let's just go around it. Or right. let's just do this. Yeah, yeah so again. For, for example... In the last, um, in the last, uh, episode of Dungeons, or, uh, Devils and Dice, um, you guys were fighting an opponent that not everybody could see. Right. At all times. That's true. And so the intent behind that was to have it be where some of you were inside the space where you couldn't see him mm -hmm. and have people outside tell them where he where they are mm -hmm. so that then you had to have people offering it's like he's over there or he's over there mm -hmm. you know so that that way you could fight him but you guys decided to circumvent that by using ink and flower and role play mm -hmm. which i was totally fine with yeah, yeah yeah because you know it was a good way to it was a smart way to circumvent it mm -hmm. but that wasn't in that was a puzzle that i intended yes yeah 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 that's now fair. it's an incredibly simple puzzle but I did intend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. So I, I, I considered that fight to be more of a puzzle than a fight, even though I nearly killed Boris. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. I do. I understand thinking of these things as puzzles. Don't worry. It's not that I fully disagree with it because. Right, right, right you can choose to think of that as a puzzle. You know, hell, in a lot of games, a lot of people will say every boss fight is a puzzle, you know, because yeah, you have yeah. to find out the weak point. You got to watch yes. for their openings and, you know, then mm -hmm. do stuff. And yeah, puzzles it, can take so many different forms. It, it but very... I guess I just... Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. You continue. Uh, I guess I just see puzzles as something that are more... That require a certain level of brain power. Right, You know, right, like, right. once... <laughs> it's like... The way I see it is if it takes, you know, 30% of your brain power to just be like, okay, let's do this. That was an inconvenience. Mm -hmm. If it takes actual really real thinking and planning and, and you know, preparation, then I think it's a puzzle. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, anyway. No, I was just going to say, like, uh, yeah, it really it, – it does depend on how you define it. Um, yeah. And, like – 
it's easy it's absolutely easy to just say like these are all puzzles sure um so organic puzzles as it is put can be like anything (laughs) like that's the thing my taxes are a puzzle says pizza fuck (laughs) well i mean let's be honest they are and it's theft (laughs) i think i think it's just a bit too broad of a definition it it, yeah it's it like i can if you're if it helps you with like designing things to look at it that way i guess that that's good um yeah then it works for you you. go for it yeah absolutely because i can i can see it being like okay so i'm designing this thing well how do i think of it as a puzzle right like yeah it is this how but the other thing like i was saying before is if you're designing a puzzle and you design a specific you know way to solve it quote unquote then Mm. be flexible with it so that if they figure out a different way that you're you know you're not just going oh that's not how you do this Mm -hmm. right but Unless you make a wizard's tower where that's the exact thing. <laughs> well, obviously there are exceptions. To the- <laughs> <laughs> that would be really annoying. Could you imagine if a DM did that where it's like you go into a wizard's tower and you solve them and you do this? Well, there's like 10 ways we can solve this. There's only one correct way to do it. Right. Well, and then if yeah. you fuck it up, you teleport it back to the back and then everything resets. <laughs> and then oh. the big glowing letters is like, fuck you. you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Players don't even. But we're going to focus on mechanical puzzles in this video. Okay. So a mechanical good. puzzle is something that has, you know, rules to try to, you know, solve and, you know, a certain solution that you'll get that will get you past the puzzle, you know, whatever it is. So, Gareth, uh, tell us what a mechanical puzzle is. So while my favorite kind of puzzle is the organic puzzle that Scotty was talking about, The mechanical puzzle is what most people think of when they think of puzzles. And that's where the players have to use their abilities rather than the characters in the story that you're playing. So that's the fundamental difference there. So what you're looking at is you're looking to exercise the player's ability, but you want to use the character's abilities in order to give them clues and hints and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So bear this in mind that you're using their real world abilities in the game world. So you don't want to tax them too much because that's where all the problems start to lie. You always hear of people that, oh, I don't like puzzles in RPGs. Well, that's because the DMs tend to be taxing their real world abilities. And so the character in the game should be giving them clues as to what to do. We use puzzles extensively in our module, The Knights of Old. And that is because it's the part of the story where the the characters are being tested by mentors so there's mentors in here that are testing their abilities to see whether they're ripe enough to continue on with the quest so that's all the kind of stuff that we put into this module so if you're interested in 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 the kinds of puzzles that we do have a look at that one remember to keep fun as the main element of the puzzle the moment it becomes drudge work and Mm. actual work the player's not going to want to do it anymore. So keep the fun element in well, the puzzle. So if the character... Unless the puzzle is calculating the exact uh, money that they'll make from selling Baphomet's arm. <laughs> That's not a puzzle. <laughs> That's just a thing we wanted to do. <laughs> exactly. Now, I can think of actually... I can think of an even better uh, example of the differences between an organic puzzle and a mechanical puzzle. Okay. Um, just came to me while he was speaking. Mm-hmm. Um. The game, have you ever played Uncharted? 
Yes. So there are many, many times in Uncharted, obviously it's like almost, I want to say like 40% of the game, where you're platforming around and jumping yes. around and timing your jumps and, you know, finding where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And then maybe 20% of the game, you're in these ruins and you're like aligning yeah. signs and runes Symbols and statues and, and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. You're using your notebook and finding the key to all these things and shit. So mm. the ones where you're aligning stuff and again, just like he said, following the rules of a puzzle mm. as opposed to platforming through an area that you have to find your way through. I would definitely say that the platforming is the organic puzzle sure. and the puzzles are the puzzles. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things that is like, like they said, um, completely something that you just do. Like it's just... Yes. It's just part of what you're doing, and if you're classifying mm-hmm. it as a puzzle, then I guess, you know? Yeah. It was just another way I thought to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you discover a puzzle, you want to give them as much information as possible. You want to make it clear what the goal is for the puzzle. If they're, you know, having to check around and everything, that's fine if they have to find the clues and all that. But don't make the clues necessarily dependent on checks. Because if they fail a bunch of checks and they don't get the information, that's really frustrating and they probably won't figure out the puzzle. Do you want the players to, you know, actually (laughs) decipher and, you know, not just frustrate them? So, I would say that you should give them the ability to have all the essential information, right? Yes. Whereas if you have things behind your skill checks, then you make those things that make the puzzle easier. Yes, it's bonus information. Exactly. So, like, they'll have everything they need, and if they figure it out via that, that's fine. But if Mm -hmm. they go through these little, like, say you're in a little temple, like a little ruined temple, and Mm -hmm. it's given you this journal that basically, in in more words than than is necessary, will tell you how to do the puzzle because of this ancient, you know, script that this guy deciphered that said something about the stars and the moon, and, you know, that's how you do the thing. But then um, if they go into this other hallway, then they also find... uh, I, uh, something that uh, that will make it so they can actually reach the ceiling easier. Like there's a ladder. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> um, something something that will make it so that when they find it, it's like, oh, you had climbing tools or whatever, or one of you can climb. So I was thinking, like, yeah, hey, yeah, you can climb up there really easy and like do that if if you figure this out. But if you're looking around, then oh, look, a ladder, you know? Yeah, like, a ladder, or this. like a, a, a like a detached lever from an old elevator or something. Right? Yeah. You find absolutely. the lever, and then you shove it in the machine, chunk, and then the elevator goes up. Sure. Yeah. Anything like that that can just like make it be. A little bit easier, a little bit more uh, ancillary, yeah. and then maybe even gives you more information about what you'll find further on. Or it turns out that the know. lever is engraved with a statue. Uh, I mean, not a statue, with engraved with a picture of a dragon roasting a boy. Yeah, and now you know. <laughs> uh oh, that's the hint. <laughs> dragon roasting a boy. <laughs> um, <and laughs> um. That that's also a really good way to encourage the players to actually investigate mm-hmm. things because 
you know, there's not, you know, you go to a fucking tavern, guy tells you, hey, there's goblins, go fuck them up. They'll just go fuck them up after sure. prepping with like a potion or something, you know. Yeah. They'll just go fuck them up. You know, they won't... Um, a lot of times, they're not going to go... Unless they're playing, like, a Witcher-style campaign. You're not, they're mm. probably not going to go, like, investigating with people. It's like, so, have you seen these goblins? What do they do? Do they attack yeah. with poison? You know, they don't really... They, we're not going to do that most right. times. Most times. Most times. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you don't really want to make yes or no puzzles. These are puzzles mm. that are basically where the characters would it's either an on or off yes or no you're pulling a lever that's not really a puzzle a puzzle has tends to have multiple components to it that have to be solved so that you may be having to move objects uh, around you need to be solving riddles yeah. like there's screaming barbarian the actual <laughs> organic puzzle that create this mechanical puzzle that they have to solve now, that being said, it's very important that the puzzle actually remains within the context of the theme and the world that you're actually having the characters mm. go through. So the, the puzzle needs to fit the logic of the world. So if things are able to hover and levitate in the magical world, that should be perfectly fine as a puzzle thing. Don't be playing in a game where that's not stuff that normally happens because then it confuses why are these things hovering and floating around. That doesn't really work in the context of everything else we've been doing in the game. You want it to be adding flavor to the story. You want it to be part of the story. Mm -hmm. So think about the narrative implications of this actual puzzle. How does it fit into your story? Don't just make it something that's blocking their path. Make it part of the story. This is the ancient dial of Othoberon, you know, and it was created to protect the village from the dark forces of Kanar. You know, it's part of the story. So the Great Wheel, and then the, you know, the villagers all talk about the Great Wheel, and there'll be some old bloke who understands the old runic script from back in the day, who can then help you with the, some rubbings that you bring back to him to help to solve the riddle of the giant dial. That's integrating a puzzle into the actual story. Yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Just, yeah. Like, it, it, as things should be, they should be internally consistent. Um, obviously, you can break that a little bit if, like, yeah, like they... Obviously, it needs to be consistent, but I don't think every single puzzle that you put in there needs to be nearly so grand as no, that. No, of course not, of course not. But there does probably need to be, like, you know, it could be as grand as this is the great dial that protects us from, you know, the orc hordes of Schmargenrog. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And then also, this is a little cryptech that the Thieves Guild uses to send messages. You know, it can yeah, be as simple as that. Absolutely. So and don't feel like you have to make your puzzles that grand. Right. Because I... when you have puzzles that grand... You need to, if the way they put that is, it kind of makes me feel, okay, what am I trying to say here? If you hear that someone has a puzzle designed and implemented in that way, where it's mm. protecting a village from dark chaos forces, the ruinous powers, mm. um, it might give the people the impression that they might not be able to have many puzzles because puzzles need to be this grand epic thing, and they don't. Mm. That's, that was my only concern. Potentially. Um, yeah, I, the other thing that I would say is for this 
puzzle, maybe it can break some of the laws of your world a little bit, depending on it, as long as it makes sense that it could, right? Because yeah. for something that is like they're saying the floating, hovering shit, right? If that's not mm -hmm. something that is seen um, any time, uh, except for in this puzzle, um, yes. then it's like. Well, why is that the case? And you could make it so that it's like, well, this guy has found a way to make this um, either spell or technology or whatever in order to make it so that that works. Or mm -hmm. it is a localized thing of reality being a little wonky. And so, you know, it's something that can't be taken or learned easily or done, you know, in that kind of way so that you don't make it so that it's like it's game breaking. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you make it something like, oh yeah, they, fuck it, we used a little bit of Warhammer, uh, you ta they <laughs> tapped into the warp, and, uh, yeah. now this bit of reality is fucked. <laughs> yeah, basically they cracked open the veil and the warp leaks through, and yeah, there's exactly. like tiny little bits of the warp energy leaking through, and now this place is all fucky. Yeah, and it's got like floating shit, and like, oh, <laughs> you know. It's like, oh no, the worst thing that could possibly come out of the warp, floating rocks! Floating rocks, oh my god. <laughs> um, but and then you know, the demonettes come out and they start fucking you, yeah, literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. and you're just like, oh well, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess I'm dead. Whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like, I feel like you can you can definitely break it a little bit as long as it doesn't one break your entire world and two, you know, you you can kind of explain it a bit. Unless that's the point. Yeah, sure. If you want it to yeah. be, like, an inciting incident that actually does introduce this weird thing that now is part yeah. of your world, um, go for it, you know? Yeah, that because seems like that a good could be kind of neat. Because, yeah, like, imagine you start the adventure with the with the characters, like, pushing open an enormous stone double mm -hmm. doors through their entire effort, and they fucking take a thing out of a thing, like Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. And then when they come out, the whole world's all fucky. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. What we opened we the door. <laughs> fuck yeah no, bad. It, yeah no that that would be an interesting way to start and like actually like have the adventure go yeah yeah totally. now we gotta fucking fix it good Oops. luck <laughs> um dm you find a white gun that shoots orange and blue portals player no we're not doing this dm you hear a robotic voice and player no no we're not doing this brad <laughs> yeah <laughs> because fuck playing Portal in, in fucking Theater of the Mind. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, I put my Portal under me and then shoot it, uh, you know, a smidgen between the cracks so that I can... <laughs> yeah, like, no. Oh, God. Eat me. <laughs> Combat-heavy game, you're going to use a certain set of skills, right? But then when you discover puzzles, you need a different set of skills. Those skills that don't normally get used, maybe investigation and perception and other things like that. Perception doesn't now, get used? I was, I was gonna say, wait, what? <laughs> sure, I, I get, I, if it's I know. purely combat, sure, I guess. Um, also, I feel Cody, like the- Cody's more knowledgeable about this. True. <laughs> um, I, I guess um, what I would say is though, that you could make it so that you can use your combat skills um, in those kinds of puzzles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, like, maybe he'll say something about it, but like, you can you can totally implement those as well. Yeah, like you're working with a Rubik's Cube, and then you make an attack roll, and you yeah. smite it, yeah. and then it solves itself. <laughs> right, exactly. 
careful of the problem that those can cause because like I said earlier you don't want information dependent on skill checks you want yeah. the players through observation for their characters to understand the rules of the puzzle and you know how they solve the puzzle but you can do this if they get good roles on their skill checks like those kind of investigation and things you can give them extra information hey! that they make the puzzle a little easier to solve hey! right? if they were really good on those checks. And so it, 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 you know, it, you're Fuck. bringing the game into helping the mental powers of your players. So allow those kind of mechanical checks to help solve the puzzle, but not be the end-all, be-all of solving the puzzle. Yeah. Just give them extra clues to help them solve it. If players seem stuck, you need to fix your audio, man. To how to figure this yeah. thing out. They're not thinking along the same lines that you were when you concocted this puzzle or someone else concocted the puzzle. You need to be hinting all the time as to possible different logical steps that they can take. So one thing you can do is consider multiple solutions to the same puzzle. Now I can get a giant hammer and smash this open. I can pick the lock or I can just magically open it. Or you now, can just you lift the latch. Thought of these <laughs> yeah. solutions, but if the players do think of these solutions, don't hamper the progress of the story. Let it flow. It may not have been the solution that you thought that the puzzle should have, but if it's logical and consistent, mm -hmm. let it work that way and reward. I love those words, logical and consistent. Mm. Yeah, we know. Good words. <laughs> I know. As if they had figured it out the way that you thought the puzzle should actually be completed. The important thing is their solution actually does need to make sense. So if their solution is ridiculous, don't allow that. Something I like to do. You know what? When you know what? Hmm. I think that if it is ridiculous, I think that I might actually. Because. The thing is, like when he said, if their solution is ridiculous, the thing mm. that immediately came to my mind was imagine you have a party that has like maybe multiple wizards or a wizard with permanency or something okay. like that. And mm. say you have this chest that needs to get open and it's got a bunch of, it's got a lot of shit in it. You, know, you can hear the, the, it's like, imagine like a strong box. There we go. Sure. Uh, so you got the strong box and you jangle it around. It's got coins and, you know, uh, you know, like supreme bricks in there. Oh, supreme. Yes. Yeah. Wow. They paid $30,000 for that brick. Hell dude. yeah. <laughs> um, it's got supreme shit in there. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's like really valuable. You want to get right. in there. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so what I would love is you can't pick the lock. Or you just keep failing to pick the lock. And then the wizard says, you know what? I got this. And he tells all the players to stand back. And he ca he uses as many spell slots as he can to cast Enlarge Reduce. Okay. And he makes the chest so big and then casts permanency on it. And then you are literally able to walk through the keyhole. <laughs> Oh, sure. Well, so, so that I would love that. That's the thing. That makes sense. That's not ridiculous. I know, but it just <laughs> seems ridiculous. Well, so so yeah, that seems like that seems like something that's a big, you know, investment. But it does stuff. make sense and I but hate it. But it makes sense. Yeah, that's the thing. No, what he's talking about is uh I assume yeah. at least, you know, he's like, "Oh, there's a chest here and you open it. Well, I'm just going to throw it in lava and it'll open." 
Yeah, yeah. Right? And you're just like, what? No. That would have worked in Zelda, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, I guess. And maybe, well, maybe if the thing is specifically telling you that that's what you should do, sure. But, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, in, in any, I know. Yeah. You know, it's just like they're in a volcano or they're near some lava that's coming out of a volcano and they're just like, I'm just going to throw this wooden chest in here. Fuck it. I have no yep. reason to. It's going to open or something. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, then it's just like, oh my god. What are you I would doing? love it if a player did that. And then I could just justifiably say, it fucking melts, dude. Yeah. Just They're like, like, what the fuck? No, it fucking melts. No, it melts, my dude. Like, I don't know. What what did you expect? What the fuck were you on? Like, as soon as you threw it in, it set ablaze and started to melt into the lava. And yeah, you could go get it, I guess. It's yeah, gonna hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and believe That's me a... the contents inside probably didn't survive yeah <laughs> and i'm setting up puzzles is give out actual props or clues sure. so say you oh give you mean a handout a paper, yeah. paper parchment paper and it has the different clues on it and they are they're they can use this as a reference to try to figure it out so it's nice and it really helps with the immersion of the game also mm -hmm. uh but it's nice that they have reference to this they can look at this and they don't have to keep asking you okay what was the <laughs> what was the what was clue number one or clue number two so think about those kind of props you can hand out, but you can even take it further. Uh, of course, like I like to do with being a terrain game master, you can actually do the puzzle on terrain. So mm. here was a puzzle I had in a game and it had to do with these gems and the player, oops, had to do with these gems and the players had to get them in order around this pedestal, okay? Now, this skeleton here was a pile of bones on the pedestal. When they approached it, it formed into the skeleton. It was an undead adventurer that had been trapped here before because he didn't figure out the puzzle. <laughs> and he had to answer questions about the rules and you know what they were supposed to do with the puzzle. So that was a great little role-playing encounter Those are baked big right into a yeah. puzzle encounter. So fun, fun, fun. I see they're so translucent. The players had to figure out which color these gems Are they? Oh, yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, that's Ooh. a neat idea, actually. I like that, yeah. I never would have actually thought to use a translucent base. Yeah. Anyway. Gems would go uh, around this circle, and they had to get them in the right order. And if they didn't, there was going to be a, you know, something bad happened <laughs> to them. It was going to be like this nightmare thing was summoned. Uh, luckily, they didn't have to do that because they did figure out the puzzle. But they had to get all the gems in the right order around the pedestal. So this is a really cool way that you can, you know, get the players focused on a puzzle and have give them reference to look at. And if, you, if you're not using something like this, think about using drawings or pictures, that kind of thing. That, you know, focuses them on the puzzle because it's, it's really about kind of, most puzzles are about logic and trial and error. And to have kind of a physical reference in front of you really helps you know, with it not just being abstract and out there, you know, and you're trying to figure it out all out in your head. If you have something to kind of look at, you know, it's, it's almost like the scratch paper when you're figuring out a math problem. When you have something to look at, it kind of focuses your attention and that, and that kind of thing. So I really like having this kind of stuff when I do puzzles, particularly when I do puzzles. I was actually, I feel like it is a good idea, like in general, just to have something so that they can look at it anyway just like it in yeah, any respect handouts. for any kind of well it, not just handouts i mean in the way that he's talking about with a puzzle for a puzzle specifically i feel like it is 
very much in your benefit to create something that they can yeah. look at. Because yeah. referencing a puzzle abstractly, like he's saying, is fucking difficult sometimes. Like, yeah. Because you're you're already trying to think about the, the answer to it, and I feel mm -hmm. like that is going to take up most of your like visualization of it unless you're really good at it in which case like you're good but you, like for me or rpg I, players we're not <laughs> well for me it's like if i can see it in front of me it just helps me that much more because then i don't um think that this is going a different way than what is actually happening right mm -hmm. because then we're all on the same page me and the dm are going to be on the exact same page um yes. whereas uh if we do it completely theater of the mind sometimes it's like oh fuck dude i don't know i think it's over there and then he's like no 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 no, no. it's actually like 20 feet away from you and i'm like oh fuck yeah right. and then like, that, you need you yeah. need to see what you're doing because yeah. a map or a t or an area of terrain yeah. that's such a large area that it's easier to abstract it yes you know it's like you're wandering through the plains you know yes. that's easy enough to imagine but then try imagine try telling your players that there's you know try telling them the intricacies of a puzzle's mechanisms that ain't gonna work you right. have to show it's, them yeah it's <clears throat> like like as much as maybe you're good at describing something even so it can it can be misinterpreted right i mean hell because... we've had even in devils and dice where we have maps everywhere yes. we go there have been misinterpretations yes exactly so, and we need clarification every now and again absolutely yes. like it's it's just one of those things that's going to happen so i think it's essential for puzzles really yes. that you get some sort of visual aid or something that will help mm-hmm uh, I think uh, I I like the idea of his puzzle going back to the video. Mm -hmm. I think my only issue with it is the fact that I hope he wasn't using actual gems like in the uh, in the game world, because right after that puzzle's over, I'm stealing those gems. They're as big as I am. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, holy shit, dude. I'm never going to need to buy anything ever again. <laughs> I mean, I never need to make money again because like that's the thing. That's they're, uh, they're they might be big but they're also made of glass <laughs> exactly so oh, i man. hope they're made of glass <laughs> right yeah people tend to put their thinking cap on when it comes to castles but what they don't realize is a lot of very good gms run the entire session as a puzzle that's very important as a gm or a dm depending on the game <laughs> that you're playing is to get into the mode of thinking of all the things that you're doing is creating problems for the training outside <laughs> that's where the difference between organic and mechanical puzzles comes in now obviously sure. we've been focusing on mechanical puzzles but organic puzzles is part of the rest of what you actually have to do that's things like the locked door i love a locked door now Talk i like you. to reward players <laughs> that pay attention and what you can do for puzzles is you it's can have awesome clues strewn around Tapestry. the dungeon or the world when they're getting ready to encounter the puzzle and those players who paid attention mm. to those clues will have an easier time figuring out the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So that rewards good players. That rewards good play. That rewards players that pay attention in the game. Mm -hmm. So I like to do that in my games, and I think you'll find it's very effective for people, you know, when you when you tell them things in the game, they're like, hmm, okay, maybe we better remember that. That might come in handy later. Yes, <laughs> write notes. Yeah. Now, yep. a key element to 
almost every puzzle is time. And now we have a whole video on time that we did and timing with monsters and things like that. Okay. And we've also talked about ticking clocks before. But when it comes to mechanical puzzles, it's important to realize that obviously if a puzzle is difficult to solve, you need to allow more time for the characters and the players to actually solve the puzzle. So don't create difficult, complicated puzzles that re require a very short space of time to solve. Don't give them three rounds to solve a ridiculously massive, like hard to fathom puzzle. If it's that difficult, spread it out. Give them multiple days. They're allowed to go back to town and talk to people and come back. That is what you do with difficult mm -hmm. puzzles. Now, if it's a really simple puzzle, that the solution is extremely simple, then of course, put the time crunch on. Do the thing where there's the dark lurker in the lake that's coming to grab you while you've got to figure out what the word friend is in Elvish. Interesting puzzles are the ones that are lost. I think um, something that should be should be noted is if you want to do a puzzle that is bigger, you 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 should, or with really a lot of different things, you should make sure that you realize that you can have the players like not do it all at once. Yes. Right. Because it's like I I know sometimes it feels like I need to do everything all at once. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Because it's just we're in the session and I feel like sometimes it's like, oh yeah, we're in the session, whatever's put in front of us, we need to do everything now, right? Yeah. Um, but for some things, it's it's good to maybe get some sort of in-game kind of thing of like, no, no, you can, you can figure this out. You can take your time yeah. with it, right? Like you can do it. It's just like, this isn't immediately necessary. Yeah, right? I think it's also, I think it's very important as a DM to say that. And yeah. like put that out there as soon as you hand them to them. It's like, this is very complex. This is going to take time. It is okay. Like as me to you, DM to player, sure. you this is going to take time. You don't need to rush it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I would because say that's, that's just fair. like you said, you know, a lot of players will think that's like, oh shit, we got a puzzle. We got to do it. Yeah. It's, it's again, one of those things of like, just assuring your players of like the unspoken rule of you can retreat right like yes. you can retreat you can take your time with this like all that kind of when it does matter like obviously you set these expectations up in in your session zero hopefully um yeah to be like yeah i'll give you some puzzles that are time sensitive and i'll give you some puzzles that aren't and you will notice that because i will probably have you in a situation where it is time sensitive and you know it right mm -hmm. like there is a bomb it is going to go off if or you don't the solve this puzzle, is rising. <laughs> right? Water level go up, right? Like, it, <clears throat> you know, it will be pretty obvious. But if it's something that you can take, and I'm not just like going, uh oh, lava, right? Like, <laughs> like then you can take your time and you can go to town. Maybe talk to your friend, your mentor, you know, whatever. This smart guy in the on the hill who uh, knows everything but doesn't know maybe the puzzle. I don't know. Um, you know, you, you can go out and do whatever you want, but you don't have to do it all right now. Logically didn't, which means that they make sense and they fit within the logic of the game that you're playing. 
So don't have new rules that have to be created in order to use the puzzle in the game. They must use the mechanics of the system that you're actually using so that players can go, my character wants about to think about this really carefully. What do I roll? Mm. Interesting puzzles have components that stretch beyond what is believed to be the puzzle itself that the characters have immediately in front of them. So that may be there are aspects of the puzzle that's in other rooms, other dimensions, other mm. places, mm. and the, you, the players need to go to all these things to, in order to gather components or pull levers or do yeah. things in yeah. different locations. These are much larger puzzles, and again, you need to allow a lot more time. I, so, like, I like this idea. I always have, like, this idea of making grand puzzles, right? Of, like, mm -hmm. you go into this uh, room and it has an entrance to a pocket dimension. And inside that pocket dimension, there's, like, a big, you know, maze. And if you go through the maze, you get a piece of the puzzle, right? Like, I like these ideas. I also think there's a little limited amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because, like, like, there's not enough time in the world to fucking... Or not in the world. Not enough time in a fucking... DM's general life right. to do that like, <laughs> to make I, one. I I would love to do that in such a way that it's fun and like engaging, but it's also one of those things that I feel like is hard to do because of the grandness of the scale. You want yes. you want all of these interesting locations to be seen. You want all these interesting rooms or whatever it is in your in your puzzle in your dungeon in your whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. but. You also don't want it to, one, get bogged down, or two, mm -hmm. to take more than one session, or maybe you, maybe more than two sessions if you want to give it that time. You know, it's like, if you put so much interesting shit, the players might just spend their time in the interesting shit. And that's why yeah. I, I'll, I'll pull an example from Critical Role that I actually really like. And okay. it is... Um, is it spoilers? I haven't seen it. Probably. I don't know. I, yeah. um, <laughs> there is... They get, in Campaign 2, they get this thing that they can go inside of. And inside of it, um, they... It, it like... Time goes faster while you're inside of this space. So it's right. a hyperbolic time chamber. Well, it, it, it yes, in a way, in that <laughs> in that single instance, I suppose. But they can control how fast time goes. So um, it really is the hyperbolic. Time chamber. <laughs> they can control it once they figure it out, and once they actually, I see, I see. you know, like do yeah. that kind of stuff. I think that was part of it. Anyway, yeah. that's what I'm going to think. Uh, so. Um, okay. They they go in the, and it has like mold. It's like its own pocket dimension and it has multiple rooms, multiple things to encounter. It had a an astral dreadnought inside that was chained oh, up. Yeah, that was being what used as a storage chamber. Yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. I didn't watch all of it. Was but it tame? <laughs> no, it was it was like being kept alive, but in stasis, basically. If you think oh, about it, yeah, it was Jesus. being used. Yeah, it's fucked. Um, it was great. Um. And, like, you have all these interesting things, and legitimately, you could spend your entire campaign in there, right? I bet. And, like, I, that sounds interesting to me, and I fucking would love to do that in such a way that it ties in. But it also is, like, are you prepared to now have your entire campaign be this puzzle? Right? Yeah, <laughs> or right? this dungeon, or this extra planar place. Like, that... That is the, the question of when you make this really interesting thing, are you prepared for this to be sessions upon sessions of them going, man, this is cool, right? I think, if that's the case, yeah, great, go for it, yeah. right? But I think if you man. do that, 
I think that's when you want to throw in a time crunch. Yeah, exactly. Where like, you have like a day. Yeah. Or yeah, something, you know, because right. like when he was describing the kind of grand puzzle, the mm. thing that was coming to me was imagine the player characters are like assaulting a castle and they're okay. in the castle now. But all of these many, many of these like enormous portcullis style doors mm -hmm. are locked and they have to go around pulling levers and cutting counterweights and things mm -hmm. like that. And they only slowly make progress through the castle until they get to the end and kill the bad guy. Sure. But the whole time there's like a massive battle raging outside and they mm -hmm. need to hurry the fuck up. So sure. they can't really take the time to linger in this exact moment. Right, right. So they do get to see all those locations, but they are kind of in a hurry. Yeah, and then once the thing is done, maybe they can revisit them. Exactly. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So I think the time crunch is where that could help you. Now, True. again, that still leaves the issue of actually designing the damn thing. But yeah, at least also, it's yeah. at least if it's in D&D, &D, you have a hell of a lot more leeway. Because mm -hmm. it's like, how does this work? Magic. Yeah, that's true. You know? <laughs> For these solved. But those... As you get good with your puzzles, you can begin to do these kinds of things and your players, if they're the type of players that enjoy that kind of puzzle in the game, that's what you begin to do as a higher level DM. As veteran DMs will appreciate that a good puzzle is something that the characters will be talking about for years to come. But now on September 1st, our Kickstarter launches okay. for the book of all 12 campaigns and four quick quests. That'll be available both as a PDF and a printed book. So we yeah, you, it's if probably you're just interested in the kind of stuff that we put together, yeah. and you'd like to support this channel even further. Okay, I guess, I guess that's everything. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Well, yeah. So, yeah. A lot, uh, a lot of the stuff that we'd already talked about. <laughs> yeah, good shit, though. No, good it's shit. absolutely. I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear it. Um, yeah. Kinda good shit. My, my brain just... Just need to fix your audio. Yeah, only him specifically. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't like that for the last time we watched it, so I don't know. Yeah, um, but eh, whatever. Anyway, um, I can hear what yeah. he was saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is that is the videos for today, everyone. Uh, didn't yeah. do a mid a mid thing because a little shorter uh, episode today, but at the and end, there's no here, halfway point. And there's no halfway point, no. Um, but uh, at the end here, we will we will do all our things. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for hanging out. It's uh, it's time yeah. for talking about all of the the patrons and all that shit. Um, so hopefully uh, you liked all this shit, and if you uh, consider and want to uh, support us, like our lovely patrons that help bring this to you. Um, let me pull them up right here, right about. Uh, that's the comments thing. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Did we have any comments or no? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I went through them. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can join our Patreon uh, over at patreon.com slash tabletalkdnd if you want. Uh, if you're able to, only if, please consider yourself first. Um, and we have, uh, in our patrons, we have Draco Kraken. Uh, at 15 bucks of that tier three thank you so much uh we have mog zero also uh, up there uh Slazer at that tier three also been in the chat uh, as well as dragon kraken uh steely our og still hanging out in tier three uh drake cross at t tier two thank you so much uh chris 
uh, and Frozen Spaghetti, uh, both at Tier 1. Kill Chrono and Polyhedral, also at Tier 1. Thank you so much to all of you. Really appreciate it. I uh, hope you continue to enjoy what we do. Sorry, I haven't been putting out uh, the early stuff because, uh, let me tell you, shit gets busy. Fuck me, the weeks have been busy now that I have in-person stuff to do for D&D &D and all that. Man, oh, oh man. that's right. Yep. Uh, I have far less time than I used to um, with work, with this, with in-person, with ha, <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's is what it is. Uh, hope to get you stuff uh, as soon as possible. Um, and, of course, if you want a physical thing, uh, you can go on to TeePublic uh, and get the uh, logo on a shirt or whatever uh, you like. Um, do it. I don't know. It's the thing. Yep. Do it, maybe. <laughs> Give us money. Yes. If you, if no? you would like. Okay. Um, no? All right. And um, <laughs> uh, other than that, thanks also to uh, those of you who have recently subscribed to the YouTube channel. Um, there have been quite a few more uh, as of late that I keep, like, pulling up and going, oh, we have another sub. Oh, we have another sub. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's weird. Um, so thank it's you. Yeah, that's it's cool that uh, we're getting more people now. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, and if you haven't yet, join our Discord. Uh, links in the description. Come hang out. Uh, talk in that. Yes. Um, haven't been so active in it because <laughs> busy. But <laughs> yeah, because haha, life. adulting. But it's a good place. It's really it's a it's a great little community that we've got going around, and it's it's been really fun to have. Great community of like seven people yeah <laughs> i mean the people that actually talk right 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 um but um other than that uh yeah if you're if you're new um get us to that 100 percent of people who watch subscribe um we're at uh now we're at i don't know let's see i haven't actually looked um <laughs> let me go to the studio real quick and then go to analytics and then go to audience. Yeah, we're at whoa. We're at ninety one point nine percent of people that have watched have subscribed as well. Yeah, nice. And then eight point one percent of you haven't. So become a hundred percent. Do it. Yes. Um, Although they probably watched us and then fucking left. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> where do I get the Discord link? Hang on, I got you. I'll put it in the in the thing here once I go get it. But um. <laughs> Yeah, so do that. It's uh, it's cool, and uh, tune in for Devils and Dice. It'll be up tomorrow, I promise. Um, I'll get both of the episodes up because I'm a little behind. Ha-ha, <laughs> ha <laughs> We had some good sessions. We did have some good sessions. We had um, two good sessions lately. We, we very much did. And, Although only um, one person is watching it, so. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. It does get views. Um, but um, I will say as well, we are going to be taking a slight diversions from Devils and Dice for a few weeks. Um, yes. So tune uh, into that. I won't tell you what we're doing, but we are oh, okay. doing something. Are we uploading that? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just got to do a bunch of things. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll show you some stuff. Um, and it'll be cool. Um, let me get that link for you. Why is it not here? I can just get it from the Discord itself. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, 
Here we go. There is the invite. Uh, edit. Uh, never expire. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, generate link. link. Um, and if you... Uh, if you do join the Discord, there is a little bot thing to get your assignment so you can actually open up the full Discord. Don't just leave like most of the people. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm kidding. But, um, that is it's a like thing. It's like one click, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's like you go, you click on the channel and then you click on the bot thing and then you're good. Um, yeah. it's, it's just a reaction thing and it just gets you in there, in there. Um, yeah. it's, it's something that seems to deter people who just join and then don't do it. And I'm like, okay whatever i don't care yeah um it's literally one click so yes exactly so um <laughs> but other than that uh you can find the podcast of course on uh tuesdays at 9 p.m eastern standard time and then again on fridays at 4 p.m eastern standard time uh for the vod and then again on your uh audio uh only uh podcasting service of choice at around noon on mondays that's um, a cool fucking name. The guy who just joined is called Thunder in the East. Hell yeah, that's sick. That's cool. Um, anyway. And then uh, Devils and Dice usually goes up around uh, 4 p.m. on Wednesdays, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And other than that, uh, that is really it. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks again, everybody. Um, we did it. Huzzah. We did it. <laughs> Huzzah. Um, and then next time we might talk about traps. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if I can find some good videos for that. Um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, thanks for coming by and we'll yeah. see you next week. Uh, bye. bye for now. Goodbye. Goodbye.